The rumors are starting. Could Brandon Ayuk be Dell and more? Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome into a live edition of the KC Laboratory, presented by Emprise Bank member FPIC. So excited to be doing this show today with my dear pals, Maddie Lane and Craig Stout. New little look here on the show if you are watching. we got some, some stuff we're working on here. But Matthew Lane, how are we doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Got a new look going. Shout out Tucker. It looks great. Little KCSNTI action going on over here with the ticker on the right-hand side of the screen. It, it looks great. It looks clean. So shout out Tucker for doing a phenomenal job on this. And that way now, when you guys join slightly late to listening to this or you're watching it on YouTube a little bit later, you know, you know where we are. You'll be able to see where we are and follow along and not wonder, hey, why is your show titled about something that you're not talking about 45 minutes of the show? <laughs> you can see where it has happened in the show. So good job, Tucker. I like it. It looks great. Craig, how are you? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it, it, it's it's awesome. Uh, Tuck's been working on this for a little while. Of course, I'm ignoring you. And, um, you know, I the thing that I think I'm most interested to see is how far down this list for only weird games they get before it becomes completely unhinged like that's the one that i'm looking at that i'm like Ooh, this is this is gonna be dicey like that's that's must watch must watch podcasting right there but you don't understand so the reason that so only weird games and casey lab we're gonna be going the casey laboratory is not gonna be going mondays and wednesdays uh, only Weird Games is going to be going on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but the reason that's happening is so that they can achieve the full length of their rundown on their show, uh, <laughs> so they can get through every single thing that they want to talk about for that day, and they just have just ample time to be able to uh, to be able to get through everything. Uh, but thank you, everyone that is hanging out with us tonight. We are, uh, you know, it's it's off season, baby. It is. It feels very off seasony. Um, this episode does. I mean, I know there's some, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl, but uh did want to mention off the top and kind of didn't really feel like talking about it much last week after everything happened. Uh, we did release the KCSN draft guide though uh, this last week. So if you want to pre-order that 300 plus pages of chief specific NFL draft content write-ups on 225 prospects and how they specifically fit the chiefs, um, we launched it last week. The link to purchase uh, to pre-order is in the description of the show. And uh, yeah, you get the the link. You can get three months of KCSN Substack and the guide when it releases on April fifth for thirteen ninety nine. So click on that link. Uh, we would really really appreciate that. So yeah, really excited that that is the launch and draft content will be beginning very very quickly, uh, both on this show and on this channel. So we cannot wait. Okay, so we are a little over a week removed from the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. And, you know, I think we're kind of slowly... Like, I'm still consuming all the content, and I'm still rewatching things, and I'm still just very much basking in this game. But it might be fun to kind of just, you know, get some of those final takes out there that maybe we haven't, you know, let let out kind of celebrating this Super Bowl. You know, we've had a couple week, you know, a couple shows since, but... 
I have a couple things. Anything that you guys have that you just want to, any, any thoughts that you want to get out about that Super Bowl, just winning the Super Bowl, all that good stuff before we kind of turn the page and start focusing on the offseason, Matty? Yeah, you're muted. You could try unmuting. That's okay. I don't want to anymore. Um, no, I don't have anything else to add. Um, Craig, it is now, the floor is now yours. I already burned my topic while muted. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, there's. I I think it's fun that now that the Chiefs have gone back to back and are talking about going back to back to back, they have a chance to take a whole bunch of records down. Travis Kelsey comes back. There's a good shot that he gets one more of Jerry Rice's postseason records. You know, I I think we all expect that Travis Kelsey when he gets to the playoffs is still going to be an integral part of this offense, even though you know he might be slowing down a little bit. I also think that there is a chance here that we see the Chiefs break the longest winning streak in the postseason history um, right now. You know, that's that's one of those that's floating out there right now. We're going to see Andy Reid kind of climb the charts and continually climb up there. And Patrick Mahomes, I'm really interested to see after next postseason what it looks like for him compared to where he is with Tom Brady in the pacing for all of this. Because, you know, they're talking about going back to back to back. It's never been done before. It started with this season. You know, they, they had to get over this hump to get to this next one. This season, so many records were broken, not just franchise records, but NFL records, but all these other things that we get to basically crown Patrick Mahomes the greatest start of anybody's NFL career. Statistically, rings, you, you name it, he's got it now. What happens next? Like I, I am just absolutely enthralled with how this is going to shake out, how this is going to be, because you know they, they have no business winning back to back to back if the AFC does this right. They, nobody should work with them. Nobody should try and facilitate anything that they're trying to do this offseason. But it hasn't mattered yet. So when does that catch up? What sorts of things happen with that? That's really where my mind is after Super Bowl number two, you know, in, in a streak here. That's that's where I'm thinking. I'm thinking about the next one. I'm thinking about what happens next because this is a chance for the this specific Kansas City Chiefs team to be one of the greatest teams to ever do it by simply going back and winning another one next year. Simply. You know, it's just one of those things. You, you just go and do that. Yeah. I think I found myself a little bit more focused on three very quickly as as you did Craig just kind of just so fascinated to see how this team you know does it because I think they've been so measured the last couple years and how they've built this roster you know I know like when I say that I mean like they haven't done a ton of crazy big splash signings the last couple of years I don't you know it's not like out you know Joan Taylor is the big one but I don't think they've done a, a bunch of crazy spending you know they've addressed needs when they've needed to it feels measured and different than some of the other years that we've seen this team prior. But that's actually kind of going to tie to what I wanted to talk about, just my final thoughts on the Super Bowl. Uh, Brett Veach, man, uh, you are a phenomenal general manager and a ton of kudos go to you. You know, I know he's, I think as the dust is cleared, we're starting to get a level of appreciation. But I mean, this man's, you know, it's not just a, you know, it's not just John Dorsey's, you know, swing for the fences that stuck 
in Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey anymore. You know, it's it's the roster building around these stars that he's done. I just have a great level of appreciation for. You know, I think these last two drafts have been really, really strong. You know, and, and the draft before that was you know pretty dang good as well, if we're being honest. But I think he's really been consistent and found good players in these last few drafts, and he's really coming into his own. And so I think he deserves a ton of credit and appreciation. That whole that whole scouting staff and that whole front office, that group deserves a lot of credit for where this team is at. And it's going to be fun to see what this version, this next version of the Chiefs looks like. Big decisions continue to to come up. Obviously, there's going to be some big ones here, but I'm just I, I think this group deserves a ton of credit credit for for what they've done. Brett Veach and company, I think, have been uh, have been have been awesome. And uh, they deserve they deserve some they deserve their flowers too. Matthew, anything else before we move on, or did you want to comment on any of that stuff? No, I ruined I ruined my chance. I ruined my one shot, my one opportunity at this. Um, and I mean, let's let's be real. For the most part, I've I've done transition to the draft. I've done transition to free agency. Like I don't yeah. need to dwell on the Super Bowl. I I flipped that switch last week. I, I kind of said I always give myself the Monday after the Super Bowl, maybe into the Tuesday. Then it flips, and like we went through a whole weekend. Once that weekend hits, there's nothing. I don't care about the previous season at all whatsoever. Like it's awesome to be a fan of the back-to-back world champion Kansas City Chiefs. But it's on to the next now. I mean, the team was right away after they won. That was cool. I do agree. Like it seems like there is a there is a mentality that they want to go for for three in a row because it hasn't been done before. We'll see how it goes. But I'm on to the next. I'm ready to talk about the future and how to make this team yeah. better so that it's not so dang hard to win games like it was this year for them. Yeah, and it was it was a little trickier this year, don't get me wrong, but uh this is what a down year looks like. Am I right? Can I talk about how I called that? I knew exactly what Brent Veach was going to say. I tweeted it out like a the day of the Super Bowl and on Wednesday he said verbatim what I put on Twitter. That was incredible. I had it, yeah, sorry. I just I'm patting myself on the back. I, I was really excited. Maddie, Maddie, he really wanted one of the two of us to acknowledge that so that he didn't, <laughs> didn't have care. to be the one to do it. But uh, I don't even know what he's talking about. Okay. <laughs> like, on the night of the Super Bowl, I posted a tweet. It was a picture of Veach holding the Super Bowl and said, This is what a down year looks like. Because, like, last year he said, This is what, you know, a rebuilding year looks like. He almost said that verbatim at the parade. Just say it. I knew. You know, but, uh, thanks, Maddie. Good job, buddy. Let's move on, though, uh, because let's kind of start talking about this offseason. Get tired from patting yourself on the back. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but some some recent conversations starting because tomorrow is the Tuesday is the deadline uh, or the, the the start of the window essentially, not the deadline, but the start of the window for teams to begin uh, tagging players, and a lot of discourse is kind of building around that. Um, Adam Schefter tweeting out some candidates that uh, could be, you know, tagged by their teams. But one of the um, omissions was Chris Jones and Adam Schefter saying due to his 2023 cap number, Chris Chiefs defensive line, Chris Jones uh, projected franchise tag would be 32 million instead of the regular 19.7 million, making him an unlikely uh, tag candidate. Also that dead money has accelerated into this year's cap, which adds uh, an additional couple two three million will on wednesday it will on wednesday well on wednesday yes, yes. um essentially making it a, quite a substantial cap hit for 2023 um and you know tagging him at that big of a of a of a hit also really uh, i think 
I, I just we can talk about it in a second. But um, Chris Jones probably not getting the tag. Kind of me- means that he's going to test the open market. It feels like. Um, I don't know. I, I I know there's a lot of hope, optimism, belief after what what he said last week. But the farther away we get from that parade, the the more uh, anxious I get about about this decision and what ultimately comes down with it. I mean, I think there's a tiny, 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 tiny chance that Chris Jones is, is franchise tagged. Like, it's cost too much money. And if by this Wednesday they don't reach an actual deal, which doesn't, it's the franchise tag isn't included, that accelerates the 4.25 million cap hit to this next season, right? So you're not only going to have his franchise tag at what, 32, 33 million dollars hitting against the cap, there's going to be another 4 million on top of that. Like he's not going to be franchise tagged in Kansas City. I think that that's a short and sweet conversation. It's done buttoned up. We'll see what happens. They can still work on negotiating a contract with them and everything going forward to resign. But the franchise tag isn't happening for him. If the Chiefs use it, it will likely be on Legarius Sneed. So, like, it, yeah, I think that was a pro- the, the correct omission by Schefter and the tweet. I think he came back and clarified why he wasn't there. It makes a lot of sense. So we'll see what the Chiefs do from here. I mean, like, I, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. We talked about it Chris Jones a lot last week. That was a big topic that we did. We went through all the deadlines and everything coming up. We get the first one, which was, you know, just a formality, I guess, of moving the 2020, 2028 year was dropping off the contract. It, it was just what it was. And then now we're waiting on Wednesday. And if they decide what to do on Wednesday, if they extend him before then, they can spread the $4 million out over the life of the contract. If they don't, it all hits next year. Add that on to a very expensive franchise tag. I think it's pretty simple, Craig. He's not being franchise tagged. No, he's not. As I said last Thursday, it's just almost prohibitive. Like, it really does. Even if you want to try and get him in a tag-and-trade scenario, you've got to hold on to that cap hit for a little while. And you've got to make sure, just damn sure, that you've got somebody willing to take that on. Because you can't have another scenario like right. last year where you've got a whole bunch of money tied up in a large cap hit you're hoping to get a, a contract done in the later part of the offseason. That's what happened last year with Chris Jones. I think the Chiefs, by all accounts, put a good offer on the table. They hoped that Chris Jones and his team would come down to that offer. They didn't, which is well within their right, and it held out into week two of the NFL season. They're not going to do that again this year. They're just not. They got too many other things that they need to address. Talking about wide receivers, we're talking about offensive tackles, defensive tackles of Chris Jones leaves. There's lots of places that the Chiefs would like to spend money in free agency. And while they can clear a bunch of cap space, there are a bunch of deals that are coming down the pipe that they need to take care of in the near future. And by using that franchise tag on Chris Jones, you limit your ability to play in free agency. You limit your ability to get get deals done with your own players. All of that really limits it. So I'm really looking at this now, especially since Adam Schefter basically all but confirmed it, saying that he's not going to be on the tag this year. He's either going to be a Kansas City Chief on a long-term deal, which can happen, and the Chiefs would probably need to get that done before March 13th. That is the start of the league year. That's that's kind of quote-unquote legal tampering period. You know, That's basically when, when everybody can get together and say, okay, you could, you could do all of this. Actually, I think the tampering period is a week before that. March 13th, the big date that they've got to have the deal done by, though. So it's either going to happen with a long-term deal for Chris Jones by March 13th, or he is walking 
without any compensation short of a future compensatory pick. And again, if there are you know moves to be made by the Kansas City Chiefs in this offseason, if you don't feel comfortable giving him $33 million and you're going to spend that money elsewhere, you're not getting that comp pick. You, and, and this team right. doesn't play that comp pick formula. They just don't. They, if, that, they're one of the teams that doesn't. If uh, I mean, it's, it's not that they don't play. It's that they don't actively pursue it the way the it's not, Ravens. It's not top the, of the highest mind. priority. Right. Correct. Which yes. is why they didn't care if they brought McCole Hardman back. Which, right. hey, it worked out wonderfully. It worked out. But uh, Chris legal Jones, long-term deal, that's really what we're looking at right now, or he's going to walk in free agency, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, legal tampering period begins March 11th, uh, which is that Monday, and then March 13th is the day that uh, contracts begin to become official. So those are kind of the the key deadlines there. Um Chris Jones, I think if the Chiefs were to tag him, it'd be really difficult too because he'd be getting. I mean, I think the most guaranteed money ever given to a defensive tackle is forty six million dollars, uh, and so he's going to be in thirty two million dollars over the course of one season. So you know, there's a lot of leverage for Chris to just say, "Sure, I'll sign the tag, and then we'll just, you know, I'll just figure out because you know." So like, would be. The highest non-QB tag ever in the history yeah. of the sport if Chris Jones signed it. And that's just the tag. That's not including the $4.25 million that goes on top of that. And you don't get to use the tag on Legereus Sneed anymore. Right. So I, there there are just a number of reasons why the tag doesn't make sense on Chris Jones right now. And if the Chiefs are to sign a contract with somebody that meets a very similar tier of contract as Chris Jones, that's when they wouldn't even get the third round compensatory pick back for him. So, you know, there's a, there's a threshold that they'll have to meet from a a a long complicated formula, but basically if they sign a contract to one player in the ballpark of what Chris Jones is getting, it's not looking good for them to be able to procure a third round pick. And I think I, you know, I could see this team dipping into free agency in some capacity and trying to make some investments at some other places, also, maybe they want to go out and get a young, proven wide receiver one that hits the market. I don't know. We'll talk about that right after this. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day acsn.substack.com We're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks, everyone, that's hanging out with us here on the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Going through some stuff that's kind of starting to hit right there. You know, there's a little bit of there's some rumors kind of starting. There are some some offseason storylines starting to develop. We talked a little about the tag. We'll get into more of that tag here in a little bit, not just Chris Jones and his situation. But there was another uh, another little little nugget that kind of popped up here today, and it's something that's been permeating and, and existing in some form for the last month or two, and it, it surrounds Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has been the talk of, you know, a potential um, casualty for casualty is not the right word, just inability to extend, sign, or or choice to sign uh, or and to keep. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, the receiver out of San Francisco, he of no rings. Um, but from our guy, Matt Miller, uh, I don't know if Brandon Ayuk will be available via trade this offseason, but I know there are at least rumors that he could be. And that's something that's been consistent over the last um, last couple weeks, that last month or so, honestly. Uh, I don't know if the 49ers would trade with the Chiefs, says Miller, a lot of teams do not want to help KC get better. See last year's attempt to trade up in the draft. But Brandon Ayuk is exactly what they need opposite Rasheed Rice. So I have, uh, before we get too far into, well, to Brandon Ayuk, I just, out of curiosity, like, do you like the idea of of the Chiefs making a move for a veteran? Do you like the idea of them trading what would assuredly be a first-round pick plus for a guy like Brandon Ayuk, Matthew? I mean, no. That's Hollywood Brown went for a first-round draft pick, and Brandon Ayuk is a much better football player than he was when he went. So, like, I don't, the Chiefs would have to trade a lot of draft capital that they don't have a lot of to acquire Brandon Ayuk, and then they would have to pay him the money they didn't want to pay Tyree Kill. Like, I don't... I don't think it makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs unless the 49ers just become straight sellers. Now, do I think that they should consider trading for a wide receiver, a veteran wide receiver out there if there is somebody that might be available? Sure, I think that makes sense. But you're looking at a couple tiers down from a player like Ayuk, who is one of the better just wide receivers in the NFL. So given the given the price for players of his age, both to trade for them from a team and then also what you have to pay them, I mean, I would say this is a very unlikely scenario for the Chiefs to get in on this action. Yeah, it is unlikely for the Chiefs to do that. Um, that's kind of an all-in move for a team that hasn't done a bunch of all-in moves lately. Um, they, you know, the way that they've been able to win Super Bowls as of late, going to the table and saying, okay, well, here's a first-round pick plus, and 
we're going to absorb this $14 million cap hit that Brand Ayuk has for his fifth year option. And we're going to extend him for high 20s, I, I would assume, because he's that good of a player. He was a second team all pro last year. You know, he he's only gotten better. Every single year that he's been in San Francisco, he has gotten better. And he's not exactly playing with the cream of the crop over there at quarterback. Like Patrick Mahomes would be a <laughs> massive step up over the guys that he's played with. Not that that's hey, bad. Hey, you could say that, hey, listen, you could say that about T. Higgins too if he wanted to. I know, I know we could. I know we could, but Ayuk's the style of player that makes sense in Kansas City. And that's why I think people latch onto it and why people, you know, kind of seek this out. I would love for Brandon Ayuk to play in Kansas City. He would be like the missing Pete. Like you you slot him right in there next to Rashi Rice and you say, hey, go to town. That's awesome. I like this wide receiver class a lot in the draft this year. You're not getting a guy at pick 32 that's going to have the impact that Brandon Ayuk has. So if it's just pick 32, again, which is probably not the case. That's he, he is worth more than that. If it is just pick 32, yeah, I'm probably hitting that button. I'm probably all in on that on a 20 six-year-old receiver next year. Like, you got a lot of runway with that guy. You can sign him to a five-year deal and go with that. Now, Matt Miller's absolutely right. There is zero reason why the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> should trade with the Kansas City Chiefs because guess what? Now you're helping Patrick Mahomes build the Avengers at wide receiver, and that is not what you want to do because it took everything in their power to win another Super Bowl this year without the Avengers. If you're helping them in any sort of way, you've got to be getting just an absolute fortune, and pick 32 isn't that. Any more expensive than that, and I'm out on Brandon Ayuk. I just am. That's too much to pay for a guy like that. Yeah, I think the whole the angle of teams not really wanting to do much business with the Chiefs is is fascinating for sure too um, and really just not letting them dictate any plan that they want and maybe it's because a lot of the moves that Brett Veach has had in the last few years have really turned out well scared to compete is all I'm hearing I'm just hearing a little bit of scared to compete is all I'm hearing but uh, yeah no I don't know I, I like the idea of Brandon Ayuk I think he's an exceptional talent he's He's gonna command a really, really big contract. You know, that's the thing. He's gonna he's gonna command a really big contract. That kind of ties to what I wanted to move on to because when we talked about some of the cap hits of some of these players and some of the stuff that is kind of hitting here, right? With with potential for franchise tags, um, the expectation for a couple of wide receivers here that could be hitting the market are that they won't be receiving the tag. And those are one being Mike Evans, who's uh Buccaneers great Mike Evans, whose projected franchise tag would be 28 and a half million uh, and is not expected to be a tag candidate. In fact, there are some other reports that the tag candidate for the Buccaneers is going to be Antoine Winfield. So preserving that and potentially allowing a Mike Evans to hit he the market be. Winfield should be the tag candidate if we're if we're very, being real. He should be <laughs> safety safety tags reasonable. Like you know, I get that. Uh, but the other report is should uh, wide receiver Calvin Ridley resign with Jacksonville? Uh, 
the Jaguars would owe a second round pick to Atlanta, which is the 48th overall pick as part of the conditions from their trade the year prior. The Falcons currently have the third round pick of Jacksonville. So you are surrendering a decent chunk of draft capital to extend or to to hold on to Calvin Ridley. So there is some discourse and some belief that Calvin Ridley will not be tagged or potentially be allowed to hit the open market. I think one thing I you know with all of this there's I mean, there's a lot of little interesting pieces to this as it both relates to the Chiefs and we'll get to the Chiefs in a second. But I think there's a little bit of surprise that some of these guys are hitting the market and maybe there shouldn't be because this wide receiver draft class to Craig's point is so strong. And I do wonder if some of these teams are using how good of a receiver draft class this is in their in their equation for how they want to approach this offseason I didn't think I mean I it doesn't see you know and by the way it doesn't seem like there's a lot of optimism that a deal will get done with Mike Evans uh because the two are the two sides are very far apart so it seems like he's going to hit the market Ridley's market will be a little bit more muted than Mike Evans would be but I do kind of wonder if if we are seeing some teams take into consideration just how good this wide receiver draft class is in their decision making and partially maybe even a correction to the wide receiver, you know, marketplace that we've kind of talked about the last couple of years is maybe teams are starting to come down to earth a little bit and Christian Kirks aren't getting paid what Christian Kirks are going to get paid anymore. With Calvin Ridley, I do believe if he reaches unrestricted free agency, then the the Jags pick does lock in. So like, even if he ends up back on their team, I believe it stays a third round pick. So I don't, I'm not going to read too much into him reaching free agency, like becoming an actual unrestricted free agent and them not wanting him uh, just because they could definitely be playing a little bit of a draft pick game and be like, hey, you know, we want you back. You clearly are the number one wide receiver here. We'll make this deal. We just got to wait till this point. So he's an option. We'll have to see what it plays out. I guess the Jags have a difficult time getting Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Calvin Ridley to all be maximized at the same time. Like those three guys, yeah. they have struggled to get them all firing at the same time. I imagine Calvin Ridley is the one of those three that they're going to lean heavy, the most heavy into. I just wonder if they're playing a little bit of a game and that leaves the you know that leaves the door open for someone to come steal them. Are the Chiefs going to be the team to come and outbid you for your free agent that's a sneaky old <laughs> wide receiver? No shot. Hey, right? Mike Evans and... Mike Evans and uh, Calvin Ridley are like sixteen months, fifteen months apart in age. <laughs> yeah, I, I tweeted. I, I tweeted that earlier. Yeah. Today. I'm not looking for credit like I was for the uh, Brett Veach tweet earlier, but I think it was either fourteen. Hey, good tweet, can't. Thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, there's sixteen Ridley, months. Gotta... They're sixteen months apart in age. Calvin Ridley and Amari Cooper are the same age, and they did not play with each other in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, think about that. That's um, insane. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. So Calvin Ridley. I mean, he's possible. I just think that you would have. I think Jacksonville wants him back. I think they're just playing some games, and that lands you back to Mike Evans. Who, I mean, if he hits the open market, that's a guy. I think we didn't talk about him. It seems like there's a rumors and less substantial than these ones that Michael Pittman Jr. might not get tagged in Indianapolis. Right? Not near as well sourced out as these have been. These are just rumblings that you see. But like it, the reason it's surprising is wide receivers of these guys' caliber don't usually hit the open market. That's why no one really talked about up to this point. 
And it's still probably unlikely, I think, that more than one or two of these guys, you know, that we're talking about here are going to hit the open market because top end wide receivers don't do it frequently. Mike Evans is maybe an interesting case because he is a little bit older. You know, he's been around a while, but he's still just as good as he's ever been. Calvin Ridley is interesting because he's also older. Um, but then there's the draft pick debacle that Jacksonville's dealing with. So we'll have to see how it plays out. I- I'm mostly interested to see which of these guys hit free agency. But it's back to the point. Are the Chiefs really going to come in and outbid somebody for an old player? Like, they did this song and dance with Trent Williams. They did. They eventually, they couldn't outbid 49ers. They tried. They did try, but they couldn't do it. He goes back to the 49ers. That's like the only time. That's the only time they've been really willing to open up the pocketbook to an older free agent from another team. It just seems highly unlikely that they are going to want to enter into that sweepstakes to outbid every other team for a Mike Evans, a Calvin Ridley, or anybody else that top of the wide receiver list. And see, I'm looking at this not from the perspective of, oh, the Chiefs are going to go out and sign a number one wide receiver. They're going to pay him you know, $30 million and do all of this. No, they, I, they're not going to do that. Again, their past would tell you that. Now, there may be a little more urgency to add to the room this year because of what happened last year and trying to get some more veterans that Wait. play. What happened? The Chiefs. Well, the Super Bowl? Just, you know, just you know, it, it was really nice that the Chiefs had Rasheed Rice. Like I that's thought, all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I, have a I have a thought, but please continue. I just no, but all of these guys being out there, the more Mike Evanses that are out there, the more Michael Pittmans that are out there. Which again, I don't think Michael Pittman's making it out of Indy. I think they're gonna tag him. But if he makes it out there, that means a lot of these guys that we've been talking about. You know, hey. Maybe they play a little bit and try and, you know, kind of get Kendrick Bourne coming off of an injury. That would be a guy that would be kind of cool to see what he is. Maybe, you know, T. Higgins is a popular guy to link to the Chiefs, you know, and he's tried to not speak too negatively about them this specific year because he knows (laughs) he's going to be a free agent. Wide receiver one, Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings. I mean, like, there's lots of guys that we have talked about from the perspective of, oh man, that might be the top of the market. And I don't feel like playing in that market. I don't feel like playing in $25 million T Higgins market. Like I don't. Mike Evans is out there. If Michael Pittman is out there, this draft class is good. Now all of a sudden you're looking at a year where some of these guys that are clear wide receiver two caliber players you can get below market value or without this big inflation now all of a sudden because they're at the top of the market. Now all of a sudden, Kendrick Board's a bad example because he's hurt. But, you know, like a Jawan Jennings or something like that. Now all of a sudden, maybe you're not paying through the nose in free agency for a guy like that because the market's going to be so depressed this year with a good draft class with so many guys that are available that can contribute. All of a sudden, I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, Chiefs may not be able to get a wide receiver one in free agency here, but load me up with wide receiver twos. I know what that looked like two years ago, and it was fun. Like, let, let's do that. Best again. statistical offensive yes. man's career. Absolutely. That was phenomenal. Let's do that again. So the more guys that are out there, the Mike Evans is, the Michael Pittman's, the people like that, let, let them go set the top of the market there because other teams are just not going to play in that market. All right, so... This is why I cannot wait for this offseason. And this is why I'm so, uh, so very much going to enjoy all of this. If the Chiefs had lost in the divisional round to the Bills or something, 
they just didn't win the Super Bowl. They didn't make the Super Bowl. I don't know. I think you might have seen a more aggressive correction to the wide receiver room. And maybe they are breaking some of their traditional rules about paying some of these older guys. And maybe they're going after a more established wide receiver one type player. Maybe the Niners are willing to trade Brandon Ayuk to them then if they didn't, you know, whatever. I just, I I think you might have seen a more aggressive approach. Um, I wonder a couple things about the wide receiver market. I wonder if it's going to, it, it's been a little bit inflated recently. I wonder if we slowly are seeing a little bit of a depression to the market, to your point where maybe things are coming back down to earth and the negotiating tactics of teams are maybe they're a little bit less willing to pay Mike Evans what Mike Evans wants. You know, they're not going to pay in the Tyreek range or whatever, what have you. So I wonder if there's a little bit of that happening. And I do think, to your point, I think it's it's a great place for the Chiefs to potentially play in the mid-tier. And I've always kind of anticipated that they might play a little bit in the mid-tier. I I think maybe they would have done something crazy if they, you know, just they fell flat on their face and their their offense just sputtered in in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think they're going to make this better, this offense a lot better. And I don't think it's going to take a, a huge dynamic change for it to be better because the floor for what Mahomes needed the year prior wasn't super high. I just don't know if the Chiefs really achieved that this year. You know, Juju made all the difference in the world and Juju wasn't like a world beater. He was just steady, consistent. He could see the field the same way Patrick does. Yards after the catch, and Maddie's shaking his head because he was hurt all the time. But that's not the point. Um, I just, I do think that there's, I don't think it's going to require a giant move at the receiver position, but the the flooding of the market could benefit the Chiefs, I think, as they're trying to, I, both free agency. It's not necessarily going to help them in the draft, but the draft is so deep anyway at receiver that I still think that they'll walk away with a quality player too. So, I, I this this is only helping I think the Chiefs when it comes to how they navigate the receiver market. Yeah, and we have a couple super chats related to the wide receiver stuff here. I just wanted to get to them. Um, we got Nostradam NVS. Uh, Kansas City doesn't need to spend big money on a wide receiver. Yeah, and like I think we're all kind of saying that is like one, we don't think they are likely going to, but two, they they clearly have proven over the past couple years they don't need to. The team has technically gotten better without Tyree Kill, the big money wide receiver. Like offensively, they've gotten more diverse. That said, and this ties this one ties into Kent's point. We do have another super chat we're going to get to too. But this ties into Kent's point. Like, yeah, they've been able to win without having a lot at wide receiver, but goodness, it's hard. It's so hard, and it doesn't have to be that hard. It doesn't have to be so hard that you're just throwing a bunch of flyers at wide receiver out there and seeing which guy sticks. And that kind of takes me to, like, this next point from Shane Valco is, yeah, our assumed wide receiver one and two were our weak wide receiver core preseason were healthy scratches in the Super Bowl. And it didn't matter. Let that sink in. Like, yeah. That's very true, right? That is very, very true. They didn't matter. Their wide receiver one and wide receiver two weren't there, and it didn't matter. But like, this is where I push back going back to Nostradam MVS's point is just taking flyers on guys. It didn't work this last year, and it was really hard. The Chiefs did it. That's awesome. You have the best player to ever play, and you were able to do it. That's great. You have one of the best coaching staffs ever assembled to go win back-to-back Super Bowls. Again, great, but it's hard. You want to sit here and say you're going for a three-peat when even more teams want to beat you now? It's going to be harder next year. I don't think they're going to be able to get it done. And obviously I would have said this in the middle of this year with their current wide receiver room, right? So like, what what do I know? But like, it's going to be really hard to lead a team full of nobody that knows how to actually play wide receiver to win another Super Bowl. 
especially as Travis Kelsey continues to slow down. He hit the fountain of youth for the playoffs. Maybe he can replicate that again, but boy, what does this offense look like if Travis Kelsey doesn't go on that kind of run in the playoffs? If he returns back to his regular season form instead of his playoff form, this offense looks significantly worse again because they don't have anyone to take that pressure off of the one wide receiver, Rasheed Rice, that can work. So I just think that like they can make it a lot easier for the rest of the team by adding talent. And again, not highest guys. They don't need Mike Evans, but they do need to add some talent to that room. And and it can be a mid-tier. I, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that they shouldn't add because I really want them to make some changes to continue to raise the floor of that group. Um, It could be a mid-tier free agent and they still need to draft a receiver in the top 100 picks. They continue to need to insulate him. And it is to your point, like, because we talked, like, one of the things when we talked about this version of the receiver room during the offseason last year was what happens if Travis Kelsey gets hurt? And if Travis Kelsey had been hurt for a long stretch of the season, you know, where he missed several games, it would have been worse than it was. Uh, it would have been real bad. Um, but, and and a lot of guys failed in last year. There's no doubt about it when it comes to Kadarius and Sky. No steps were taken. In fact, regression occurred. They were statistically worse, both of them, in a lot of ways. So, they need to raise the floor of this group. Like they need to raise the floor of this group. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like they they don't have. I don't know if they have to feel the need to take to you know to invest in a Mike Evans is all I'm saying. But they they I think they could still get better without and, and be good enough without having to you know do something crazy like that. Well, we're now to the point here, and I I didn't mention him on purpose because I was and I was hoping you guys didn't because I was going to circle back. Is Hollywood Brown now a mid tier guy? Like if all of these guys hit the market now, all of a sudden the cost opportunity there is much more palatable. I mean, spot rack for everything they are, they, they, you know, they're not necessarily the absolute best at predicting, you know, future contracts and stuff like that. But right now they've got Hollywood Brown at $14.8 million APY. You kidding me? That is right around what MVS is making. So, I would much rather have a Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, come in, a guy that has had over 100 targets the past four years. I know that everybody's got, oh, he's hurt all the time. He's he's had over 100 targets the past four years. There's 100 targets to go around in this offense. Absolutely, there are. He would fit. He would fit in this. Take a flyer on a guy. Hell, I just saw his name come across You know the, the free agent list here. Jakeem Grant. Played with Patrick Mahomes. Put him on this roster as a punt returner. See what you got. He's been hurt the past couple of years. And then go out and draft a guy. Now all of a sudden, you've made several logical moves. You're expecting Rushy Rice to take another step this season. I don't expect Kadarius Tony to be with this team anymore. So that opens up a roster spot. They're going to probably move on from MVS. That's going to open up a roster spot. There are targets to go around. You can make some logical cost opportunity selections here and not overpay for guys that can still make an impact and to Ken's point you can still go out and draft that top 100 guy add to the room I think a consistently give Patrick Mahomes the weapons that he needs without having to go through like we were just talking about in the previous segment here without giving up a major pick and signing a $30 million wide receiver as awesome as it would be to see him with a stud number one on the outside. 
this offense is going to hum with multiple different guys that can contribute in different ways. I didn't hate the approach last year. They tried to go young. It just didn't work. So try and insulate yourself a little bit better this year. And if one or two of those guys hit free agency that we talked about, your mid-tier free agents become a Hollywood Brown, Darnell Mooney, Gabe Davis. These are guys that are probably looking at 10 to 14 million a year, one, you know, somewhere in that range. The more receivers above them, the more likely they are closer to 10 than they are 14, right? And so maybe that is where the benefit of a Mike Evans, of a Pittman, of a T. Higgins, of Calvin Ridley, maybe that's the benefit of those guys hitting is that, that somebody else comes on a little bit better deal there in the lower end. And I, I think that's where the Chiefs would likely play in free agency as is. So that that side of it would be very helpful for the Chiefs to get as many guys at the top end of it. It's just we have to go into it knowing that the Chiefs probably aren't trying to pay Mike Evans three years, $23 million a year. Definitely not. Watch him get more than 23 anyway. All right, so last little bit of news. Uh, just the looks like the defensive staff for the Kansas City Chiefs is going to remain intact. There has been some overtures from teams looking to try to split the band up. Uh, be Brendan Daly interviewing for the New York Giants position. Joe Colon being thrown around for a couple NFL coordinator positions as well as the Michigan Wolverines job. Steve Spagnolo gets his extension as well. Uh, it sounds like the band is back together, Craig. Yes, it absolutely does. And you know, another super chat here from Jack Richard. Shout out to you, Jack. Spend on defense. Mahomes can do it again. I don't think they're going to completely deplete his, uh, his receiving core there. But one of the best ways that you can spend on defense right now ain't no salary cap for coaches. And they're <laughs> taking care of a whole bunch of guys right now that have made big impressions on this organization. Re-upping Joe Colon, who... I'm going to guess, just based on the number, you know, how they typically do these sorts of things, probably had another year, at least, on his deal. They typically do three or four years on coaching deals. They try and sync them all up together. That way, if you move on from a coordinator, you can move on from everybody there. They really liked Joe Cullen, and the fact that everybody was sniffing around him, they took care of him. I know that they took care they took care of Steve Spagnolo as well. I'm not going to be surprised if we hear that Dave Merritt also got taken care of, that Brendan Daly maybe got taken care of. Like they want this staff back together because we got to see them throw a whole bunch of young players on this defense. It was the youngest defense in the league and I I don't see them turning around to sign a whole bunch of older players either. You know, Chris Jones walks. He's one of the older players on this defense. They are going to keep replenishing it with young guys because their trump card right now is this coaching staff and the way that they can maximize their players. We have seen all of these guys, literally all of these guys come in and produce at a high level. Dave Merritt is killing it right now in the DB room. Joe Cullen is killing it along the defensive line. Brendan Daly got the most out of a really good set of linebackers this year. The stuff that they were able to do with Nick Bolton and the adjustments that they were able to make after the third drive, that comes because they trust their linebacking core. They trust Brendan Daly to get these guys ready each and every week. That is the thing that they have over everybody else. We spend so much time focused on Andy Reid and for good reason. The rest of this, and Steve Fagnola, the rest of this staff is so important to the development of these players, so important to what they can do, locking them up, 
just tells me, you know what we're going to do? We're continue to throw young assets at this defense, and you, they may be raw. They may need time. We don't care. We know we've got the guys in-house to maximize their potential. I absolutely love that they are taking so much care of this defense right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it was the right move, and this is something that doesn't get talked about a lot because, like, you don't always see assistant coaching staff contracts or it doesn't come up a ton, but these guys have a lot of their deals coming up at the same time. So if you start to see one, you got to start keeping your eyes open to see if more come. That's how they're going to schedule all these things. They're going to structure them to where all these guys are kind of coming up on their deals at the same time. So as soon as you start seeing colons come up, then you have to be ready for a bunch of other guys. And so we got Cole, we got Spags, we got Mayor, we got the entire defensive coaching staff is back under wraps, which is, you know, hey, that's great because that staff has done a great job developing guys on all the levels. They're clearly doing something right as they take the youngest or the second youngest defense and the entire NFL to the Super Bowl, and it kind of carries this team to its back-to-back Super Bowl win for, you know, for long stretches of the season, including the biggest game. So it's great to bring everybody back. I'm really, I I don't want to take anything away from the defense, but I'm sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for some offensive coaching staff uh, news just because I, I think we all feel like there's probably going to be a mix-up. I'm not saying anyone's going to be fired or anything. Just It feels like a mix-up. The Chiefs like to mix stuff up. They move positional coaches around. They have done so after winning Super Bowls in the past for guys that stayed on the team that were still employed. So I'm just curious to see if they make any offensive coaching staff adjustments because now that we're getting them and now you know Andy Reid's probably got himself a nice hefty little extension or something going on too and all of this you're probably going to start being able to hear about something like this. That's what I'm waiting for. What's the next thing? This stuff, they want to have it solved before you get to the combine. You don't want to announce it before the Super Bowl because you got to wait because you're playing in it, but you don't want to go into the combine. You don't want to go to the combine with anybody wondering what they're going to be doing. And I think that, I you know, there's a tinfoil hat. I think maybe that got them in trouble last year a little bit. I think they maybe didn't have the coaching staff completely solidified heading into the combine. I think they maybe had to make some hires because it was starting to get that time of the year. And, you know, who knows if that shook up how they got some of the positional coaches where they did, or maybe it has no bearing whatsoever. That I don't know, but I am curious to see what happens on the offensive side of the ball right now. Do you guys remember when Steve Spagnuolo joined the Chiefs in 2019? And they had to wait to finalize the staff. Like, we knew some of it. Maddie went to Dave Merritt's Wikipedia page, and somebody <laughs> that was, like, related or tangentially related to Dave or Merritt had already updated it. Maybe it was Dave Merritt Dave himself. Dave himself. He was locking it in on his Wikipedia page. That was way early. It was already Chiefs colors. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. But bit like, like midnight. We knew that Brendan Daly was here. You know, rumors, sources say, eh, Brendan yeah. Daly. We knew everybody. The only thing that they were waiting on, I think, was Matt House to lock in and Andy Reid had to call him. They went to the Combine without that announce. And we all know how upset they were about not having all of that locked in so that they could go evaluate players from their position groups in the way that they wanted to. So yeah, I, I'm about, let, let's keep an eye on the offensive side of the ball over the next week and make sure, yeah, not make sure, but see if there's anything that happens. Uh, Brent Shepard throwing out Eric Bieniemy for wide receivers coach. That would be a shakeup. Director of accountability. Let's go, baby. Just put them on the put them on the coaching staff somewhere. I don't I, care. UCLA where. showed you the way. I they yeah. I think I think EB needs to be back in some capacity. I don't know how it how it shakes out. Receiver may not be the worst idea. Like I don't from a tech from a te, from a technical standpoint. I don't know about Eric Bieniemy's back background there, but 
I know that from an accountability perspective and a lot of the small details that we've seen this team miss uh, at the wide receiver room the last couple of years, I like it. I think he's back in some capacity. You know, you're talking real quick. You're talking about this, the development of, uh, you know, th- th- we're going to throw a lot of young players at you and the staff's going to develop them. I think that kind of already started too. Like that's why you draft Felix and DK Zamba in the first round, I think last year is because you love Joe Colon and you believe Joe Colon's going to be able to get the best out of that guy. And he's done a wonderful job with that defensive line. Like he deserves a ton of credit. He's the one I'm the most excited about being back. But I'm excited about the whole staff. I mean, we talked with our buddy, you know, Jake Stack, and, you know, he was throwing Dave Merritt's name around as a defensive coordinator, Ken. And we're like, you back off. Yeah, you can't have him. You can't have anybody. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it. this coaching staff. I, I talked about Brett Veach off the top with the, with the final Super Bowl thoughts. And I mean, it's the same with the coaching staff. They deserve just a ton of credit, too. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of the Casey Laboratory. Thank you all so much for listening, for supporting uh, everything you do for KCSN. We really appreciate you. Link is in the description of the show. If you want to buy the KCSN Draft Guide, it's releasing April 5th. We can't wait for you to see it. We'll catch you later. We love you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.